as an adult, if you've ever experienced anxiety, you know how challenging it can be. So imagine how hard it is to talk to somebody about it when you're just a child. That's what I want to talk about in today's episode of The Self-Improvement Room. Hello and welcome to visit number 15 in the self-improvement room. We are halfway through the year already. I'm Christy Davis and I am happy to be here for another episode of the self-improvement room. I hope you have been enjoying the episodes. We've got a couple coming up that are talking about kids and parenting and all of the fun stuff that that goes along with that, all of the fun kind of challenges that you will experience as a parent. And today I want to talk about childhood anxiety and helping you guys recognize if your child is struggling with anxiety. Today specifically, I want to give you five red flags that you should be looking out for when it does come to children with anxiety. Now, aside from being a mum to three children myself, I've been a music teacher for the last 21, almost 22 years. And the increase that I have seen in childhood anxiety is insane. It's scary. And the increase that I've seen in just the last four years has been on another planet. And it's so concerning that I really wanted to do an episode just to help parents recognize what anxiety looks like in their child, what they should be looking for, and how you can help your child through times of experiencing anxiety because if you've had it yourself or you struggle with it yourself you know that it's stressful it's difficult and it can oftentimes be lonely because it's very hard to talk about so that's what I want to talk about today now if your child is suffering from anxiety then there are a few signs that you can look out for now the sad realization that I had is anxiety can affect children of all ages which I have seen I teach not really much younger than three or four but I have seen it present itself that young so again anxiety can happen or start at any any age these days which is incredibly scary now as a parent I think it's crucial to be able to recognize at least some of the signs. So let's go straight into five of the critical signs that you should be watching out for or if you notice, you should be paying attention and then working with your child to help reduce or manage the anxiety. Now I just want to start by saying that anxiety itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. We need anxiety, certain levels of anxiety, to protect ourselves. So we need to be fearful or anxious of falling off a building. We need to be fearful or anxious of certain situations where we are in danger. 
What we need to monitor though is the severity of anxiety that we're feeling. So anxiety can be good in certain situations but not good if that's something that you're experiencing on a daily basis. So anxiety can manifest in a lot of different ways in children. So, uh, And this, this is not just young children. This is children, teens, and I'm talking about right up to 25, which is how long it takes for our brain to actually fully develop. So if you're getting cranky at your 23, 24 or 25-year-old child saying you should grow up, It's not until they're 25 that their brain is actually fully developed. So we can give them a little bit of leeway, a little bit of a break until they're about 25. All right, first one, first way you can start to notice if your child is experiencing anxiety. Number one is changes in behaviour. So if you notice sudden changes in your child's behavior, such as increased irritability or restlessness or aggression, it could be a sign of anxiety. Anxiety often makes children or young people feel on edge and it can result in behavioral outbursts. Another one that I see quite a lot is Frequent physical complaints, so physical symptoms like stomach aches or headaches or nausea without any underlying medical cause. That can happen or present itself quite a lot in young kids. They say, oh, I don't want to go to school. I feel sick. I've got a headache. I've got a stomach ache. I feel like I'm going to throw up. And we're like, no, you're not. Get out of bed. Go to school. Sometimes, not all of the time, but sometimes these can be symptoms of your child's anxiety, especially if there's no real underlying medical cause and you know your child isn't faking it to get a day of school. Kids or young people can often express their anxiety through that kind of physical discomfort. And when you think about it, if you're experiencing anxiety, Sometimes you'll get a headache. I know I do. Or you might get a stomach ache or you might feel like throwing up. It's very rare that I feel anxious these days. But if I do feel anxious, then that's the first thing that I feel is that terrible nauseous feeling, which is how I know that I'm feeling quite anxious. And I remember the first time I really experienced severe anxiety outside of what you would class as the normal safe amount and that wasn't actually until I was about 18, 19. I had gone from being able to deliver speeches and speak to people and sing in front of thousands of people to trying to deliver a speech in front of my TAFE class and having my whole body closed down. My throat closed up, my heart started racing, I went red, I thought I was going to vomit, I was shaking, I just could not get out my speech and I had no idea until many years later what had happened that day and what had proceeded to happen for many years after that. So sometimes when you're experiencing these physical pains, you don't realise what it is. You just think, well, what's wrong with me? Another thing that you can look out for or a little red flag is sleep issues. 
Difficulty falling asleep, frequent nightmares or restless sleep can all be indicators of anxiety. Anxious thoughts tend to linger and that can make it challenging for kids or anyone really to relax and have a restful night's sleep. That can be the start of things like insomnia because your mind is racing, thinking about all of these things that could possibly happen, all of these things that have happened, and it's making your heart race, making your brain speed up, which makes it incredibly difficult to relax, to get off to sleep. So if you notice that your child or your teenager is struggling with sleep and maybe they haven't in the past or since they were little, then that could be an indicator that your child is experiencing anxiety. The next one I want to talk about is avoidance. So if your child is consistently avoiding certain situations or activities that they used to enjoy, this could be a sign of anxiety. And I see this a lot in my music school. I will have kids start when they are about seven or eight or nine and they will stay with me right through the years of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, some never leave. But it's incredible the amount of times I will see a 10 or 11-year-old have no problem getting up, singing, mucking around, talking in front of the class like they have no worry in the world. And when they hit that 11 or 12 or 13, they just shut down. They go from having this amazing voice that they can share with anyone and everyone to just completely shutting down to the point where I've had some students stand up and go to sing who've been singing for years and then they just start crying. It can be so overwhelming that their poor little bodies have nothing else to do but to react with just closing down emotionally and the tears start running. And as a teacher especially, so if you are a teacher listening to this uh, episode, it's really important that you recognise what this is and not just push your child or student through these stages. This is something that I work on quite a lot with my students. I've had students who at the beginning of the year will get up and just cry and freak out and if you don't treat that right, they'll never get up again. Now, majority of my students have gone on to perform at the end of year concert in front of their parents who have never even seen them sing. So it is possible to walk kids through anxiety, but you do have to recognise that it is a struggle. You can't just say, you'll be right, get up. Because as much as you were probably told that when you were a child and you want to say that and you think it's that easy, it really just isn't. So if they are avoiding something that they have previously enjoyed, then that is a real big red flag that they could be suffering some anxiety. And number five red flag to watch out for is excessive worrying. Some kids will constantly worry about everything, everyday events. I've got students who, now granted, yes, schoolwork is important, but I've got students who feel that their schoolwork is so important if they don't pass that they are literally going to just die. It is that 
worrying for them. And this constant worrying comes from thought habit. So when you start to develop particular thoughts and you hold on to those thoughts and then you start to believe those thoughts, they turn into feelings and the feelings happen to be anxiety. And then once you start consistently having those feelings, so the thoughts and then the feelings, and you consistently choose to hold on to those beliefs or ideas or thoughts, that's what they become, beliefs. And next minute, anxiety is just a personality trait. Anxiety is something that you just have to live with, which it is not. You absolutely do not have to live with anxiety. You can overcome it, but a lot of people don't realize that and they get themselves there through their thought patterns. Children with anxiety especially tend to overthink and then they might seek reassurance frequently. So I've seen students um, and my own kids often asking for reassurance to make sure that they are doing the right thing because they've talked to themselves so much in their head they're not sure if they're doing the right thing anymore. So excessive worrying is a big red flag to watch out for. Now, once you recognize these signs, so that's their changes in behavior, perhaps frequent physical complaints, sleep issues, avoidance, and excessive worrying, once you recognize those signs, there are steps that you can take to support your child. It's incredibly important for parents and teachers and aunties and uncles and friends to create a safe and open environment for their children to express their feelings. So I want to give you some strategies that you can use as a parent. But remember, not all parents have the capability themselves to be understanding this, to be looking out for this. So if you're an auntie or an uncle or you are a godmother or a teacher, this is also something that you can look out for and you can also offer these strategies either to the parents or even make suggestions if it's appropriate to the child. So number one, the number one thing to try, the number one strategy is active listening. Not just listening. You need to actively listen to your child. Encourage them to talk to you about their worries and fears. I know that teenagers especially close down. I know that I've got one, actually I've got two teenagers that completely closed down and then I've got one teenage daughter that just tells me way too much. I wish she would close down. I'm like, I do not need to know that. Stop now. But because she is that way, it does make it much easier to help her. So I guess it really does depend on what type of child you have or you are dealing with as to how much work it's going to take you to get them to talk about their worries and fears. You need to provide, once they do do this, a listening ear without judgment and you need to validate their feelings. So you cannot judge what they say. You cannot say, oh, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. And you need to validate their feelings. You can't say, well, you probably shouldn't be feeling like that because that's not up to you. That's not up to me. That's not up to us how they should be feeling. It's up to them. And let them know that it's okay to feel anxious. A lot of parents, quite rightfully, don't want to encourage anxiety in their children, but it is important for them to know that it's okay to feel this way 
because without knowing that it's okay to feel that way, they might feel guilty for feeling that way. And that can really start a cycle of feeling guilt, feeling more anxious and feeling really bad. And that really drops your self-worth or the self-worth of your child. All right, number two, this was very helpful in my particular family and also during my teaching years, which are still going on, establish a routine. So I do this with some of my youth coaching clients. So I do a lot of youth coaching, which is a little bit different to counselling. It's kind of more on the positive side, looking at mental wellness rather than the mental illness side. So I help them establish routines. Consistency and structure can help reduce anxiety in children. In fact, it's a a great technique that people with ASD, so autism spectrum disorder, use. They like consistency and routine and structure because it helps reduce their anxiety. So the same for children and probably the same for all of us, even if you're neurotypical, uh, which I am not. <laughs> but even if you are, actually, that would be interesting to, uh, to find out. Let me know if you are neurotypical, meaning you don't have ADHD or ASD. Uh, do you like routine? Do you find it easier to follow routine? Creating a predictable daily routine includes having regular meal times, homework schedules, and bed routines, along with things like shower routines and morning routines. So we have all of those in our house. So from the time my kids were young, morning TV was never something. We just did not turn the TV on. And it just kind of stuck as a habit. And now the kids still don't, well, the teenagers still don't turn the TV on in the morning to watch it uh, when they get ready. It's just not a thing that they know, um, which I'm grateful for because they get ready. They go about their routine. Um, my daughter knows when she's got to have a shower, when she's got to have her dinner, when she's got to get ready for bed. Knowing those things, giving kids routine and structure will also help your home life because you will find it much easier to get them to do their chores, to pick up after themselves. Everybody will know what is going on when it is happening. So again, this one works for everybody. Number three, teach coping techniques. So they don't have to be anything off the chart. Amazing, just simple coping techniques. So things such as deep breathing exercises, this is something that I work on a lot at my music school. And when I say deep breathing, that refers to diaphragmatic breathing. So when you breathe out, your belly will go in. The problem that we have and something that perpetuates more anxiety is what we call shallow breathing, which everybody thinks, well, not everybody, but most people think is deep breathing. So your shoulders go up, chest goes up, and the big breath of air sits right up in the top around your chest and you kind of feel like, oh, yes, I've got a good deep breath, but you actually don't. You are shallow breathing and it's bad for your mental health and it's bad for your physical health. You cannot slow your heart rate down which is what you need to do if you are experiencing anxiety, if you're not breathing correctly. 
So look up diaphragmatic breathing and teach your child how to breathe correctly. You can teach them positive self-talk. You need to do that through example. So you need to lead by example. Talk about yourself in a positive manner. Always, whether you believe it or you don't. It's very important that your children hear you speak positively about yourself. And visualization. So getting them to visualize things that make them feel better. For me, it's either my favorite meal or traveling on my favorite holiday. I instantly feel better when I'm thinking about LA and Vegas and some of my favorite spots. So visualization is a great one. These techniques can really help manage anxiety when it arises. Another thing that is really important that you can do to help your children through anxiety is encourage healthy habits. So promote activities that reduce stress. So less gaming. Gaming, believe it or not, is quite stressful on anybody's brain. It just lights up that brain and those pleasure centers like there is no tomorrow. And when you get too much pleasure, it's like being on what they call the hedonic treadmill. It's like you have so much pleasure all of the time and your pleasure senses are activated so much in your brain that it becomes very difficult to enjoy anything else. So if you're expecting your child to be excited when you take them to a restaurant or you take them shopping or you give them a gift, you're going to start to see that they're not going to enjoy or appreciate it as much as you think they should. And that's because their pleasure centers are already worn out from all of the gaming that they've had. So things like regular exercise, they probably won't like it, but find something that they will enjoy. Uh, I just started back training for the last month uh, in MMA, mixed martial arts. I used to do that when I was younger. Uh, I hate exercising and I don't really love (laughs) MMA because it's really tough on your body, but I have always enjoyed that environment more than I enjoy, say, weight training. So find something that really suits your child that they like doing enough to not really realize that they're exercising. Engage them in hobbies that they enjoy. So find what they like to do and uh, encourage them to spend time with friends and family because healthy habits like that contribute to your overall well-being. And lastly, seek professional help. So if your child's anxiety persists or significantly impacts their daily life, it's really important to get professional help. Now, you can either go down the route of a mental health professional experienced in working with children because they can give you appropriate guidance and support, or you can go down the track that I was talking about, which is youth coaching, which also will give your child coping mechanisms And it will promote them to start goal setting and to start shaping their minds to be positive, to feel good, to feel calm, to learn how to manage daily stress and daily thought habits so that they don't reach the point of feeling too anxious or experiencing anxiety at a severe level. All right. It's also important, I might add, for parents to practice self-care as well. You need to be well for your children, for your child. They need to feel 
like they are supported. They need to feel like they can come to you and not stress you out. Managing a child's anxiety can be challenging, but trying to manage your own as well as theirs, it's going to send you both around the bend. So seek support from other parents. Maybe consider therapy, counselling or coaching. Just remember though that you're doing your best and to always just keep learning and keep trying to be the best version of you so that your children can watch that and they can learn from that. All right, that is about all for today. In the self-improvement room, I'm Christy Davis and if your child is suffering from anxiety, use some of these strategies and watch out for some of these red flags. So changes in behaviour, if they're feeling ill for no medical reason at all, sleep issues, avoidance, excessive worrying, things that can help that are, like I said, active listening, establishing a routine, teaching coping techniques, encouraging healthy habits and if you need more help, then seek that professional help. Now, in saying that, I did see a question in a Facebook group, in a parenting Facebook group last week that I really wanted to answer. They didn't ask me to answer, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, If you have a question though that you would like answered in regards to this or anything to do with self-improvement, just click the link in the show notes. I will leave it there for you. And all you have to do is send in your question. You will remain anonymous and I'll answer it on the next episode or one of the next episodes. You'll have to tune in to listen. It's very important that I say though, this is just general advice. I'm not a medical professional. So before you take on any of this advice and try to make changes that will impact your life, make sure if you need to that you seek the professional help that can guide you best. All right, here was the question. One parent said, my child is scared to try new things. Should I push them? And I thought, oh gosh, this is such a great question because in one way you want to push them because you want to encourage them right you want them to learn you don't want them to just not grow because they they go no no too scared not doing it but like I said in this episode in another way you've got to be very careful how far you push a child so if your child is scared to try new things watch out for those five red flags that I spoke about And just assess whether or not they are scared possibly because they are experiencing anxiety. If you feel that they're possibly not and they're just scared to try new things, then I think it's okay to push them slowly out of their comfort zones because the comfort zone is a very dangerous place and we all need to learn to be able to move outside of our comfort zone so we can grow and so we can learn. But again, if you see those red flags and your child is already struggling, it can be quite detrimental to push them. Even if you start to push a little bit, if you notice them start to shut down or back off or get upset, you must stop. 
So it is a bit of a juggle. It is a bit of a balance of going, okay, well, yes, I want to help and encourage my child to be the best version of themselves, which means getting out of their comfort zone. But at the same time, you want to monitor, manage and really nurture their mental health and their anxiety if they are struggling with that. So I hope that helps you. Um, I'm not sure if you'll ever see it because it was in the Facebook group, but hopefully that'll help somebody else listening. All right, that was week number 15, episode number 15 rather, not week number 15. Gosh, we're halfway through the year already. Episode number 15, visit number 15 to the self-improvement room. I'm Christy Davis. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you got something out of it. Send a question in if you have one. And until next week where we're talking about the power of parental mindset, stay safe and stay well.